Good morning. Today is Tuesday, November 22nd, 2022. Yesterday we discussed, and I'd like to continue today, the narrative of Yitzchak digging wells, which takes up a surprisingly large amount of our Torah portion this week, the Parish of Toldos. It is, in fact, the largest passage of Yitzchak in action, as opposed to being acted upon. And I'd like to share with you today an insight of Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson of Blessed Memory, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. It is on the level of symbolism and metaphor, and it is very profound and true. Yitzchak understands, and the Torah teaches us by emphasizing that these actions of digging wells, which may seem unmemorable and mundane, in fact, are extremely important with several layers of meaning relevant to every single one of us. In fact, I would say metaphorically, it is one of our central missions in life, especially today, to dig wells, to believe that under all the layers of dirt and dust, there is clear, sweet water. That a person who is indifferent or even wicked This is just the outer shell. Inside, if we dig deeper, there is a soul, there is life, there is water, there is a spark of God. And not just every person, but every situation. We need to search and dig down to find the meaning and the potential for growth within every difficulty and challenge. It may be hidden deep. It may take diligent effort to reach. And in extreme cases, we may never reach it. But it is there. And this lesson that Yitzchak teaches us through digging the wells, has dramatic, practical consequence in Yitzchak's life in the central narrative of our Torah portion this week. Why does Yitzchak decide to bless Esav and not Yaakov? Yes, Esav is the firstborn, but isn't it clear to Yitzchak, just as it is clear to Rivka, and it's certainly clear to us, that Yaakov should receive the blessing? So please hear this carefully. Yitzchak is not a fool. Yitzchak knows Esau's character. He knows Yaakov is more refined, more spiritual, but please listen to the insight of the Arhachayim HaKadosh, Reb Chaim Ben Atar. The Arhachayim HaKadosh writes that Yitzchak's 
insight and judgment was very deep and precise and accurate. He saw that though on the surface, Esav was abrasive, impulsive, rough, but he also saw that if you dig deep, there is goodness that can come from within that harsh exterior. In the blessing that is given to Yaakov in our portion and not given to Esau, we focus often on the deceit of Yaakov in receiving that blessing. But the deeper question is, why do we assume that the bracha should go to the more refined, spiritual, well-behaved son? How should we relate to a rebellious child, to a young person who disappoints their family? According to Archaim, Yitzchak desired to bless Esav, the evildoer, because he thought blessings would transform Esav, that the evil in him would be turned into good and that he would mend his ways. It hurts the righteous when their children do evil. And so Yitzchak did all he could for Esav to improve, to bring about the possibility of change. To which Sivan Rahab Meir adds, notice the words, possibility of change. We're accustomed to saying that Yaakov was a tzaddik, Esav was a Russia, but in truth, it was possible to change this state of affairs. We need to learn from Yitzchak, who believed that even Esav had the capacity to change with the proper attitude, with blessings, with prayers, by drawing them close with love. It is always possible for change to occur. Clearly, Rivka did not see it this way. But Yitzchak applied the lesson he learned from digging wells to understand his complex, difficult, firstborn son. I've shared this story with some of you before, and it is worth repeating. It's a story from Dr. David Pelkowitz, someone who treats young people undergoing emotional, mental difficulties. <clears throat> Dr. Pelkowitz says that there was once a man who came to see him, and the man said, my son needs to be in therapy. He's 16 years old. He's from a religious family. And his father says he needs to be in therapy. So Dr. Pelkowitz asked the father why. Why does your son need to be in therapy? So he says he's been thrown out of 12 schools. He doesn't listen. He has no respect. Okay. So 
the young man comes to an appointment with Dr. Pelkowitz, and they talk. And then Dr. Pelkowitz says to the father, I want another meeting, but this time I want you to bring your entire extended family, parents, siblings, grandparents. We need the whole group here to address this. <clears throat> the father arranges the meeting. The whole family is gathered in Dr. Pelkowitz's office. And Dr. Pelkowitz turns to the father and he says, would you please share from your perspective what's going on here? What's the issue that we need to address? And the father says to the group, he says, I have a wonderful family. One, <coughs> excuse me, one child excels in this area of life. The other child excels in this area of life. Each one of them is the top of their profession, is productive, is involved. Each one of them is a success. Except for this one, 16 years old, all he does all day is play video games. He's smart, but he's wasting his life. That's the problem. <clears throat> so at this point, the grandfather of the boy, the father of this man, gets up and he says, I would like to speak. This elderly man says as follows. He says, I was born many, many years ago in Poland. And I was the black sheep of my family. All of my brothers and sisters excelled in their areas of life, their profession, their contributions. But my father used to criticize me. When I was 13 years old, I found a book. I read it from cover to cover. The book was Mein Kampf by Adolf Hitler. I went to my father, 13 years old. I said to my father, this is what Hitler is going to do. I'm telling you, he says to his father, take all of us and let's run away. There's no future for us here in Poland. My father said to me, this is the grandfather telling the story, my father said to me, you're crazy. You're just a 13-year-old kid. What do you know? We argued about it. Finally, I left home at 13 by myself with nothing. And I came to America. I built a life here, a family a successful business, and every single member of my family was murdered in the Holocaust. I'm the only remaining member of my family. And now this grandfather says, I look around now at my family here today in this room all of them are successful. All of them are accomplished. And I ask myself, which one 
in this family resembles me the most. This boy, this 16-year-old boy, he says to him, you are a replica of me. And then he looks around at the rest of the family and he says, to all of my children and to all of my grandchildren, if not for a boy like this, none of you would be alive today. None of you would have accomplished anything that you have accomplished. Don't ever denigrate a boy like this. It is to a child like this boy that you owe your entire existence. This is what Yitzchak saw in Esav and why, according to Yitzchak, Esav deserved, needed this blessing. And may we all merit to have and to be a parent who digs deeply to see the best in us, to see beneath the surface the goodness of which we are capable and the blessing we truly deserve. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, and I look forward to seeing you soon in person.